MP, Christmas is almost here. Brado, doesn't that mean the world's about to end? Oh, don't be silly, Marcus. But what is about to end is the two-for-one tickets to the Wellness Base Camp. Jeepers, Brado. Two-for-one tickets to the Wellness Base Camp close this Friday, December 15. Book your tickets now to go in the draw to win some incredible prizes. That's right, Brado. We have three copies of Joe and Fuad's life-changing food to give away and up for a chat, Kim Morrison is giving one lucky Base Camp attendee the signature 28 diffuser with not one, not two, but three synergy blends, including festive spirit. That is valued at almost 200 bucks. All you need to do is book your tickets to the Wellness Base Camp by Friday, December 15 to go in the draw. Give yourself the best Christmas present ever. And win a prize. Two for one tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thewellnesscouch.com. Streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about a newly released documentary called The Gut Movie with the director of this film, Kale Brock, uh, from Sydney here in Australia. Kale is a health and exercise coach and a mad surfer, uh, also an award-nominated journalist, researcher and professional speaker, along with being an author of multiple books, including The Gut Healing Protocol and The Art of Probiotic Nutrition. Carl has has actually um, featured on my podcast way back in episode 26, uh, where we talked all things to do with the gut microbiome. So I'd like to give a special warm welcome back to Kale. Hello. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me on again, Audra. I hope people aren't bored with with the gut microbiome just yet. Oh, no, that was a year since we last spoke, but I have to say you are the first guest that I have brought back for the second time. So how does that feel? Oh, that's good. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's very humbling, so I feel very honoured. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and you actually, um, I think last time we were um, we had spoken because you've since moved cities because the last time I spoke you were in Adelaide. Um, that was your hometown and now you're in Sydney. So what, like, what's made you move to the... To the, from the big smoke to the even biggest big smoke of Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, nothing against Adelaide. It's just a little bit small and slow. Um, it's, I think it's a really cool place to grow up and, you know, I sort of grew up on the beach, but unfortunately the beach didn't really have waves. And as you said at the start of the um, this recording, surfing is a big part of my life. So um, the surf up here on the northern beaches uh, is pretty pretty special special and um so now i'm right in the thick of it and i get to spend my whole day um outdoors sort of at the moment especially that now that i'm sort of taking some time off um i I, like this morning or um i'll go for a stand-up paddleboard then i'll go for a surf and then i'll come and have breakfast and i might go to the gym and just everything's a lot more close here and um as a filmmaker and someone with aspirations in the in that industry sydney's sort of a hub for for that and it makes much more sense for me to be here so it's been a very positive move and i've enjoyed it immensely yeah i didn't realize you'd stand up paddle boarding as well you're quite versatile (laughs) i mean it's just everything to do with the water Mm. so we i mean that's really where it's at i've got 
a variety of different boards now. I've got a SUP, I've got a long board, I've got a um, foamy, I've got my regular surfboard. So it's all just, you know, an excuse to get in the ocean and, and have fun with my day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Sydney's northern beaches are um, beautiful, and but we won't tell um, Brett Hill about um, Adelaide being a smaller town and a bit quiet. <laughs> yeah so yeah we'll keep that yeah it's just a little bit mm, i just think it's a little bit um restricted if you if you want to do uh the things that i want to do which is you know make make big films and tell big stories it's a little bit difficult to do that without the um infrastructure even the just the intellectual in infrastructure in place i mean people don't really um and this is probably, you know, it runs not just um, a small topic. This is actually a big topic in my life. There's a lot of people who I like to surround myself with up here who who think big, you know, who have really big aspirations. And those are the sort of people I want to surround myself with, not with people who sort of use Adelaide as an excuse um, to, to not get stuff done. You know, that's why it was kind of like, okay, you know what? I need to surround myself with some really high-level creatives here. And, you know, since moving here, I've, I've met some – incredible people from directors to writers to camera operators you know it's just those are the people that i want to be involved with and and work with every single day because that excites me so yeah that's that's the whole reason for the move really and the surfing's just a a big bonus (laughs) Mm, oh well yeah good on you standing on the shoulder of giants and um, yeah that's um yeah i'll be asking you at the end actually what's the next move for you but we better get on to the podcast um so i guess for the purpose of the (laughs) listeners that who may have not heard heard your story before um you know perhaps they haven't listened to episode number 26 but would you mind sharing you know with us uh kale how you got started with gut health sure i mean it was a gradual progression from the early days of my investigations into health and well-being i I mean a lot of people know my story but for those who don't i was diagnosed with a heart condition when i was 16 uh called supraventricular tachycardia svt um which would see me experiencing arrhythmias and this was to the point where i would almost faint um so i would go very pale i would lose all strength in my uh, arms and legs and (laughs) often these arrhythmias would happen when i was um surfing so not it's not such a good situation to be in um almost fainting out in the ocean so we went to the um cardiologist and i got sent home with a little portable ecg monitor and they put me on a treadmill and had me running like a little lab rat and they we managed to um uh incite one of these arrhythmias in my heart and they said oh okay yeah we know what that is you know the beats per minute went up well into the 200s um high 200s i believe from memory and you know this this diagnosis came as a result and they said the only thing we can do in this situation is to have you undergo an ablation and an ablation is where they wanted to uh, destroy or burn away a piece of the heart. Um, they wanted to burn away the sinoatrial node, which wasn't working properly. And I sort of said, well, why do we have to destroy the thing that's not working properly? Why can't we just fix it? And um, that seemed to throw the cardiologist and he sort of went, well, there's nothing you can do. And I said, what about nutrition? Because I'd sort of heard about nutrition at this point. I'd been like listening to Jamie Oliver and all these different people. And um, he said, my nutrition's got nothing to do with it. And it was just the way he sort of said it, it was very frank dismissal, um, which sort of made me go, I, I think there's a little bit more to this. And I think rather than having heart surgery at the age of 16, uh, 
I should do a little bit of research. So um, a long story short, I was introduced to a naturopath in Adelaide of uh, 40 years and um, was able to work with her over the next – I've actually worked with her since, so about um, 10 years, but um, was able to work with her over the next sort of um, six months to actually turn things around. And long story short, I was able to turn around that heart condition in about six months. Um, so going from a going from a diagnosis of there's nothing you can do, you're going to have it for life, to now managing it very successfully without drugs, without medication, without any surgery at all. So um, it was a pretty stark change and an inflection point in my life back then. Um, but I was still young; I didn't really know what to, what I wanted to do. So I ended up getting into TV, became a journalist, and. Um, I think through researching health and well-being on the side, you know, thousands of books later, thousands of audio programs, thousands of – maybe not thousands, um, but lots of online summits and all these different things um, – I saw a trend emerging and it was a trend called the gut and the microbiome. And I think there was a big space, a big gap there where people weren't explaining it in a very entertaining way or an engaging or comprehensive way. And I thought that's something that I can do. I can give something my message uh, or my flavor and make it fun, make it enjoyable and make it, um, I suppose, more approachable to the everyday person. I think that's sort of become my job is to sort of be a middleman between the hardcore science of the gut and the microbiome and the everyday person. How can I sort of filter that information to make it fun and enjoyable? And that sort of, I guess, led to, um, after a long string of projects, to the gut movie as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating story, um, you know, that, that you've, you've um, you know, that you've been on or journey, should I say. Um, I mean, and you've just touched on it. I mean, that you know, there's so much um, interest uh, now anyway and focus and research um, on all things with the gut uh, at the moment. And I look, I know my audience of shift workers often experience these gut-related disorders um, due to the disruption to their sleep-wake cycles. But I guess would you mind sharing with us, you know, based on your years of research, <clears throat> excuse me, years of research in this area, and you have, like you're at the tender age of 26, but your knowledge in this field is quite amazing. Uh, yeah, would you just mind, I guess, I guess in just a, a few short sentences, I suppose, I mean, how, like just how important, hmm. you know, this, this is to have a healthy gut? Well, I think it's, you can almost not... Um, you can almost not overstate it anymore as yeah. to how important it is. Um, but it, when you're talking scientifically, basically there are three main areas where the gut has a massive influence. We're talking about the immune system, the metabolic system, and our neurological system as well. So and when we talk about the immune system, we're talking about the, the gut bacteria and the metabolites which the bacteria produce um, in your gut, uh, always communicating with your immune system and having an impact on what your immune system is doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, your metabolic system is in regards to, for instance, how well you um, digest and uh, utilize within the body your uh, what you put in your mouth so um it might have a massive influence on your um insulin sensitivity or your use of carbohydrates or your use of proteins or how you crave those foods as well so there's a very very complex and interesting um conversation going on there and then of course we have the neurological system and the microbiome's influence on that uh and that's multifaceted as well we have certain gut bacteria producing a lot of our neurotransmitters like serotonin which is obviously re very relevant for this podcast but they 
they also have an impact on the gut through the um, the gut-brain connection or the blood-brain barrier. So the gut uh, to the blood and then the blood to the brain. So certain metabolites, uh, both good and bad, can actually cross the blood-brain barrier and cause um issues in the brain as well. One of those is lipopolysaccharide. Um, Dr. Pearl Mutter, a very prestigious neurologist, has been talking about that. Um, if we bring it back to an everyday human sort of experience, what we're saying is that the different microbes from bacteria to parasites, yeasts, viruses, and protozoa, all of these little bugs that live on and inside of you make up your microbiome. And they are having a very big influence on your health outcomes that you experience every single day, whether it be how they behave, whether it be the populations of different microbes that you have, or whether it be um, how you're actually uh, damaging those populations through certain lifestyle and dietary um, habits. So they're very, very important. And um, like I said before, it's very hard to overstate their significance in terms of their role on your health and well-being. And we should absolutely consider them every time we eat. Oh, look, we've got the kookaburras in the yeah. background. don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> yeah. We've got a lot of um, activity nice. here in terms wildlife. of wildlife, which is good. <laughs> so, um, yes, where I was going is the microbiome is incredibly important and we, we all should be discussing it. Mm, yeah, and I think, um, you know, I think you know, 10 or um, 15 years ago I was talking to Dr. Jason Horalek. Have you heard of Dr. Jason Horalek? He does a lot of research in gut health. No. And he was saying um, – I interviewed him just a couple of podcasts back because he does a lot of research on gut health and he said, you know, like 20 years ago there was hardly any journal articles or research, you know, talking about it, whereas now it's just gained this huge amount of momentum um, on, mm. yeah, on how it's just – and they're just learning more and more and more um, each as each day goes by. So, yeah, it's it's absolutely, absolutely fascinating. Look, as um, I mentioned earlier, the last time we spoke, uh, it was actually a year ago, and I can I almost say it was almost to this day a year ago, which is quite spooky. Um, <laughs> but before, yeah, it is. Yeah, um, and be but before that podcast went to air, we did speak, I don't know whether it was at the end of the podcast or before, um, and you mentioned to me that your goal for 2018 was to go to Africa and film a gut movie. And sure enough. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you mentioned <laughs> it to me then, yeah. And sure enough, some 12 months later, yeah, this, you know, you've actually gone ahead and done it. So well done, you. What uh, thank you. is a 20-something-year-old to fly to a foreign country and make a documentary? Like, yeah. And pay for it. <laughs> yes, that's right. You've self-funded it. Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah, another amazing yeah. thing. Well done. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know what I said back back in that <laughs> first podcast, but um, it was off air. You mentioned think, that to me off air. Oh, okay, yeah. good. <laughs> I think I had a lot of I had a lot of um, talking points on the gut and the microbiome that I wanted to get across. So mm -hmm. we did in March or April. We did the Gut Healing Summit where I interviewed Sorry. sixteen different experts on on the gut, mm -hmm. and even out of that. It, we had a lot of um, discussion points that I thought needed um, some sort of message or some sort of project where those points were talked about and told in a very visual and more um, widespread or I guess I don't want to say conventional, but in a more conventional way. And I thought a documentary was 
certainly hit the nail on the head with that because I had a lot of skills from my time at um, Network 10 in terms of um, visual storytelling and, you know, I had some ideas about going to Africa. I love Africa. I had a really good contact who was able to organize our time with the Sun, who were who are a um, tribe <clears throat> in Namibia, who we got to live with for the film. And um, he was able to organize that. So there were a lot of boxes already ticked. And I thought, you know what, there's something in this. And, um, you know, what if we were to sort of put me as the guinea pig and use that sort of format and um, test what goes on with the microbiome and really go back to a traditional hunter-gatherer state and see how that impacts the microbiome and really sort of generate more discussion about the gut and the microbiome. It wasn't – I didn't want the film to – and that's something that came out of the summit was that – there's so much gray area with the gut and the microbiome. We still don't know what the perfect diet looks like. We still don't know what the perfect microbiome looks like. So I thought this can't be a film where we tell people what to eat. We can't. This can't be a film where we tell people what the perfect microbiome is because we'd just be lying if we did. You know, I think the best thing that I, I we could do with this film would would be to um, just get people talking about it, get people asking questions, get people saying when they go to their GP, um, what if I don't take the antibiotics? This time, you know, what about antibiotic resistance? What about all these different things going on? Um, so that you know, we can really move forward in, in this area because, I, although I love uh, black and white as much as everybody, the gut and the microbiome certainly is not black and white. So, um, long, long story short, we had you know this beautiful opportunity to go to live with the Sun tribe in Namibia, and Namibia being one of the most photogenic countries in the world um you know mad max was filmed there so uh all these different opportunities and things lined up yeah i thought you know it, it's a really good space to go and i've got some incredible guests let's let's put a story together and it was a massive project a big undertaking very expensive undertaking um and i certainly wasn't oh well i sort of was prepared for that but um we had to start selling tickets pretty early to like help pay for the 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 film to finish because I didn't want to get a loan. Okay. <laughs> so, um, like all these different things, it was a pretty rogue, rogue first um, film. But um, I think the end result sort of speaks for itself. We ha- we have a, a film that's much more cinematic and um, beautiful than any other health film that I've seen. Um, so that was always really important to me. I wanted it to be really interesting and beautiful. I didn't want to use stock footage, you know, of just random people walking around with sunsets behind them or doing yoga you know it seemed like every single health doco was the same um so yeah we wanted to sort of make it a little bit better make it more interesting and and really just tell a nice story to get people talking and you know i started talking about poo on totally wild but it was about for wombats and now i guess i'm talking about human poo so things have changed a little bit but (laughs) not that much yeah, for the purpose of our listeners, yeah, Cow used to feature on uh, a kids' TV program called Totally Wild. So, yeah, that's where he's going with that. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that's all oh, your yeah, interesting types of poo would have been um, featured on that show, no doubt, <laughs> for sure. Well, I guess without yes, going to too much. <laughs> All different shapes and sizes. Um, without going into too much of the specifics of the movie, um, but I mean, you basically went, as you said, um, to Africa or more specifically to Namibia to analyse both your poo and those of a particular tribe um, that, that do not eat any highly manufactured and processed foods like we do here in the West um, called the Sun. Um, and then 
you mm. you manage to convince them to donate some of their specimens so that you <laughs> could then bring them back, you know, um, and compare the results uh, when you returned to Australia, wasn't it? Yeah, essentially, and, and the you know the big decisions came with how do we do that in a way that people can understand it? Because if you've ever done a microbiome test or a microbiome analysis. <laughs> It's pretty scientific. It's pretty convoluted. Um, it's, you know, basically a list of different bacteria with long, scary-sounding names like Fecalibacterium prasnutsi and Lactobacillus rhamnosus or Lactobacillus acidophilus and all these different things um, that we see on this big list. So, you know, the big decisions came with, you know, how do we make this comprehensive? How do we um, drill down into a couple of different measurements that um, we can affect and change quite clearly, for instance, microbial diversity. So that is the um, amount of different gut bugs, the variation in your in your gut bugs. Um, how can we sort of make that the main sort of um, measurement that we go by, even though there's so much more to the story? So um, that, that was the whole thing. And uh, we went and tested my microbiome to see how it changed whilst I was living with the sun. And lo and behold, we had quite a significant change um, by the end of the film in my microbial diversity. Um, so that was pretty cool to see. And, you know, previously there had been a school of thought that the microbiome takes, you know, up to a month to change. And, um, you know, we sort of disproved that quite significantly. Uh, so the takeaways from the film for me were really looking at, um, and I think sort of the, the big experiences for me whilst being with the sun as well was to see the beauty or to appreciate the um the way that they actually live and to see how they live um seemingly quite simply uh but realistically in a very complex relationship with nature all, all day um i think the the way margie said it in the film dr margie smith who's a molecular geneticist that we have in the film um she says we're living in an artificial cleanliness now and you know that was never that was never more stark than when i was with the sun we were seeing them they were constantly dirty they weren't showering they were eating when i was doing this as well we were eating food straight out the ground with dirt on it and grit and soil um all these different things that we sort of frown at now you know they didn't have refrigeration all these different things so i thought there's something in this that we're missing back home and you know that's why going back to the start of the interview and this is why i shared it with you um that's why i'm spending so much time outdoors now and so much time in nature it's because i think that to be a to honor our um, primal ancestry, which we all still have. Um, I think we need to spend more time outdoors. I think we need to see the sun more, and um, to live clean now, we need to live a little bit dirty. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on, and and what I took away from the film. But obviously, we have a lot of gut science in there as well. Whilst we were in Africa, we keep bouncing back throughout the story to learn about you know, things like fibre or um, allergies or poo transplants, which is obviously a pretty fascinating area of medicine at the moment. Um, so all these different things. 
Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, we're definitely um, t- spending way too much inside, isn't it? Like we, the, the Australians, I think even Queenslanders, uh, we are the most um, vitamin D deficient at the moment, which is crazy because we've got so much sun up here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah well, it could be it could inside. be what people are putting on their yep. skin as well, yep. um, because yep. there's obviously a lot going on there, which yeah. is not ideal. But yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and um, yeah, getting back to uh, you know, living off the land, as which, as you said, is is how we evolved. We've really kind of become quite disconnected uh, from that as well. So yeah, but did you know camping actually outside actually helps to reset your circadian rhythms? So that would have ah. been helping with your jet lag <laughs> when you flew. Over yeah, there for and sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing when you when you're out there interacting within environment constantly and you watch the sunset go down or watch the sun go down and it um you know those light cues wake you up as the sun comes yep. through the the tent mesh in the morning those are all i think really powerful things mm-hmm. and we completely underappreciate them here in the west and that's why i'm sort of doing a lot of um foraging at the moment and you know I'm harvesting my own kelp from the ocean, eating seaweed, which is really nice, and um, that's a really good way to diversify the microbiome. We're looking at – I'm speaking with a guy who's maybe talking about coming to put in a little permaculture um, garden at our place. So I think, you know, those were my big takeaways from the film. But each person that I've spoken to have sort of taken away different things. Um, They've sort of – maybe they've taken away the importance of fibre or maybe they've taken away the importance of – well, they're interested in FMT, you know, because they've had a condition um, for 20 years that they can't get rid of. You know, there's all these different things that people take away from the film, and I think that's great. I've only had one person complain about the film out of 5,000 who came to see it last year. Oh, sorry, this year. So um, that's pretty good. And, you know, that person just complained because I think they were there looking to be told what to eat. Um, and, you know, that, that's not the something I wanted to do. So it was a... Yeah, it's been a really cool. It's been surreal, and I still don't think it's settled in what what the film did because obviously we had um the, a completely sold out Australian tour, which you know, I didn't really expect um from the film. I thought you know maybe we'll get a few sold out shows, but to have like nine hundred and twenty people in a cinema to come and see the film is is very fulfilling and hopefully um indicative of of where the film can go throughout the world over the next um year or so yeah well i mean and that's it like these weren't small little venues uh that you actually booked they're they're huge and a lot of them you repeated as well i know that you did in brisbane you had one up here in brisbane and then you had to do another one so yeah it's Mm. it's fascinating And, and as you mentioned before you did bring in some of the big guns so to speak to feature in the movie you know including um uh, gastroenterologist, uh, Professor Thomas uh, Barodi, uh, molecular geneticist uh, that you mentioned before, Dr. Margie Smith, uh, immunology researcher and expert Professor Mimi Tang, and of course, you know, the amazing legendary naturopath and chiropractor that we know personally, Dr. Damien <laughs> Christoph. I mean, how, how good was that or how important was that for you to include these guys in the movie? It was massive. Um because I didn't want it to be like an alternate health flick and, you know, I think the health industry is guilty of doing that with certain things like um, Food Matters had a massive influence on me when I was younger. I'll I'll say that now. But if if I look back at it now, I go from a conventional point of view, the um, substance is a little bit lacking because of the credibility of some of the people 
people in it. Not that I don't agree with a lot of the sentiments in that film. I just think it needed a little bit more weight in terms of um, in order to reach a more conventional audience, I mean. So um, <clears throat> I thought with, with mine, you know, I've got to really – Put some put some effort in, and it's a lot of effort to get these people on board. Um, and Professor Barodi is quite renowned for not doing media, <laughs> so oh, wow. I sort of contacted them, and I was a little bit sort of nervous about contacting them because I thought, oh no. <laughs> and um, I told them the concept of the film, and I was actually this is <laughs> I haven't actually told anyone this, so there we go. You've got a little ex- exclusive. <laughs> I was, I was, I was actually on the toilet at um one of my friends' cafe in Sydney, <laughs> and I get a call from Professor Barodi's team about poo transplants and like doing an interview about poo, and I thought there's something so uncanny about this. So I answered the phone, and um this lady said, "Look, um Professor Barodi loves the the concept." That loves the idea. Um, how can we get it involved? So you know, getting that phone call and then getting the confirmation from Mimi's team as well. Um, for those for those of you who don't know, you might have seen in the media um, the incredible lady and her team reversing peanut allergies using probiotic oral immunotherapy. So um, we got to interview her and talk about her study and um, having those two in particular was really massive for us. And then working with someone like Smart DNA, who's Professor Margie Smith, um, just added a whole bunch of credibility to the film that I really wanted because, as you'll know, being involved in the, the health space, especially where we are in the health space, I suppose it's previously been a little bit fringe, if you will. Um, there's a lot of naysayers and there's a lot of criticism. And I thought, you know what? There's There shouldn't be, especially when it comes to the gut microbiome. There is so much science here um, that it's just ridiculous that it's not receiving the mainstream attention that it deserves. Um, but even still now, you know, I had a comment from a um, dietitian the other day who said something like, there's um, no probiotics on the Australian market um, that have been proven by science. And you just see, I hear stuff like that and I go, you know what, this, this is why I made the film. This is why I made the film because there is literally so much science on probiotics that are available here in Australia. Um, <clears throat> so to say that and then to have that person in a hospital saying that to patients is pretty ridiculous here in the, in the modern age. It's like prescribing antibiotics for an ARI. It's ridiculous. So, um, you know, there are certain things that I really wanted to change. And in order to change them, you need really credible, really well-respected people in there telling the story. Um, Not just me telling the story because I'm just the journalist. You know, I've got the easy job. Uh, It's it's these guys who are really putting in the hard yards – in their clinics, in in their research institutions, um, who really need to be heard. So to be able to give them a platform uh, on which to share their message was was pretty pretty cool, and I think they appreciated it as much as I did. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I really loved about the movie, Cal, is that you know you really did break down what you know can be an incredibly complex subject into this really. Uh, informative, engaging, and entertaining movie. I mean, besides, um, you know, all the the scientific content, you know, there's some phenomenal, um, you know, cinematography, as you mentioned before. Um, it is, it's a beautiful, uh, you know, scenery that we can see, but you've sort of taken us on this journey uh, in a way to, 
yes, like you've you've kept the science there, but as you said before, um, you know, and I can relate to this too. And there's this there's this science, and then there's the everyday person, and you kind of have to stick yourself mm. in the middle to kind of relay that information in a way that that you know that yeah. people can sort of take it in, because otherwise it just goes over our head. So that's why I just think that uh, the gut movie you've just done such a beautiful job, and and like you've said you've sort of created a little bit of a story along the line which is what all of us really like to do you know like to follow a story and it, it, it I think helps mm. to when we're following a story it helps to get your message across much better it does and there's something in that uh, very primal um way to learn mm. through story yeah. and uh, I think it's underappreciated in a lot of health fields that um, when we do attach a story to a message or certain information people in- engage and they retain it more yeah. and they want to discuss it more so that's really why we went with that sort of format and I'm really glad we did because I look back at the film and there's always a film's never finished it's just abandoned so there's always going to be little things where I'm like mm, I wish we did this I wish we did that you know yeah. can we change I want to change this want to change that but I look back at the film and where it's at I think you know it's a really really great place to be and it's something that I'm very proud of my it's definitely the the project that I'm most proud of and excited about um so yeah and hopefully like I said it's a, it's an indicative of some really big cool projects um for me <laughs> and also for um the gut and the microbiome hopefully it inspires more yeah I think it will yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that leads me to my next question. So where to from here? I mean, as I said last time we spoke, you know, last year, you said you were going to do a movie. Well, you can cross that one off your list. What's on the agenda for Kale Brock in 2018? I still don't know. This is the funny thing. Ooh, okay, I'm, okay. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I've, got, I've got about five or six projects that I really want to get stuck into, okay. but... I don't know which one, which ones to do because I don't want to spread myself too thin. Um, and you know, these are this is a great problem to have. I'm not complaining <laughs> at all. I just, at the moment, and am taking, and I'm really proud of myself at the moment for for taking a, you know, at least a month or two to actually think about it, and not just race ahead and and decide on something right now because I'm trying to sort of. Um, get in touch with with me and Kale and and who what I'm going to be most excited and satisfied doing next year and and it may be something that's not even health related I don't know um, I've got a few projects that are have nothing to do with with gut health or, or health in general so whether they come up or whether um, something else comes up I, I don't know so um, it's it's TBA at the moment we. <laughs> We'll see, <laughs> but you definitely um you'll be able to you'll be able to know I'm sure I'm, I'm actually I'm going to Europe for two months so that's nice. um going to offer up some pretty cool opportunities for for filming stuff over there so I'll definitely be putting out lots of content there I might st- for sort of focus on YouTube for a while and, and um and then yeah like I said there's some really big scary projects I'm looking at but I just don't. No, if I'm ready for them just yet. <laughs> Hollywood calling then, yeah? <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. I spent a lot of time in um, LA and I don't love it. So I think I'd rather, I think I'll always be in Australia. But if, you know, LA comes calling, maybe I'll answer. We'll see. <laughs> oh, damn. I thought I was going to get another exclusive here. <laughs> I wish. I wish I had one for you. <laughs> uh, we'll have to touch base again um, later on, but I'm sure we'll hear about it. But um, look, this has been awesome chatting um, to you, Carol. Now, I know you've been screening these movies all over Australia in the last month. You have just been crazy busy. Um, and as you said, you know, they've all been mm. um, sold out, which is fantastic. And I know that you're planning on screening more in the new year. Um, can you tell us uh, more about that? You know, where can people go to find out more information if they're wanting to go and see the gut movie in, in um, the new year yeah i mean the best place to go to is just kalebrock.com forward slash sorry kalebrock.com.au forward slash the gut movie um or you can go to the gutmovie.com now as well we sort of build that website um so yeah that's where where it's all sort of happening we're going to try and hit those locations that we weren't able to hit um last year we'll also have to double up on a couple because again we've got people who want to come back um people who have been recommending it to to others so it's um pretty exciting and you know the first couple of months of the year before i go to europe will be dedicated to that and then after that it'll be really trying to get it um global you know trying to take it to the world so um hopefully that happens as well but yeah you can also oh if you want to see cool europe stuff <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. You can, you know, follow me on social media at Kale's Broccoli. <laughs> at Kale's Broccoli. So that's uh, YouTube, did you say, or Instagram? Uh, Instagram okay. and Facebook for now, but we, we will be starting a YouTube channel. So you'll oh. be able to, yeah, we'll be able to find that. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, actually, that's interesting because I was actually contacted by someone in the United Kingdom asking, is there going to be anything available online or through DVD? Well. Um yeah, so mm. I think you were kind of maybe inferring that that might be on the agenda for next year. Hopefully, okay. I mean my my book is about to be released in the states through a oh. through a publisher now, which is exciting. So, um, which book's that? Through that, we'll, what was which that? book's that one? Just for our listeners to know which one you're referring to, the name of the book. Yeah, that's the gut healing protocol. Ah, okay, yep. So that's coming out in America. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah um, I believe Jan January second or something like that. So in with with that um, opportunity, there may be some opportunities to sort of go over there and try and get the film happening over there. But it just depends on time and and what I've sort of. This is the thing with the film, and it's really funny and it's quite interesting to talk about. Is that when people are talking about and promoting their film, it's often a year later um, <clears throat> than you know, they've already finished the project like a year ago. So it's quite interesting to to do and see and to remember. It's like I look back on the film now with as if it was so long ago, but people are seeing it for the first time. So, um, yeah, that's sort of what's happening with the film and hopefully, you know, we'll have it on Netflix and iTunes and stuff um, by the middle or late next year, um, to late 2018. So if that happens, we'll certainly um, let people know for sure. Mm, okay, awesome. That's great. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me um, today, Okeo, and, and sharing some of your insights, um, obviously, on the gut and microbiome and, you know, your amazing documentary called The Gut um, Movie. Um, you know, I've seen it myself and I definitely recommend it. Um, everyone needs to go out and see it too, um, you know, when it comes to a place near them. Ah, thank you. <laughs> well, that's hey, what are you up to for 2018? What's, what's, what are your plans for, for 2018? 
Oh, I can't announce that on this podcast. That'll be Ooh. that'll be that'll be actually episode number. Mm, I'm thinking fifty two. I think so. We're getting close. Uh, to stay that. tuned. Folks. Yes, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, you had me there. That's a bit cheeky. <laughs> well, that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker Podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback, and there are many ways you can do this via my Facebook page, The Healthy Shift Worker, through my website, healthyshiftworker.com, or you can visit the Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com and. Leave leave a comment there. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers you think may benefit as this will help me to spread the healthy shift worker message to shift workers and organizations all around the world. If you'd like to access more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website, uh, healthyshiftworker.com and enter your name and email address. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.